you have your copy of God's Word, if you could open with me to Matthew, excuse me, Mark chapter 7. And you can pull out your outline and put that to the side there, Mark chapter 7. We'll start in verse 13 and work our way through verse 23. So you can get those bits of information out. And before I utter any more words, why don't we pray together? Dear Lord, help me. Help us as we walk through your word. Would it be a lamp into our feet and a light into our path? Would it lead and guide us? Would it nourish our hearts, nourish our souls? Lord, we, we don't want to be pharisaical and honor you with just our lips, but we want all of us to honor you. The innermost parts of us, we want to honor you with the way that we live our lives. And so, Lord, as we look at our hearts this morning, I pray that we are refreshed. I pray that we are comforted. I pray that we are convicted so that we leave this place differently than when we came in. We'll be with us now. Uh, We put our hearts, we put ourselves fully into your hands to lead us and guide us as we walk through these next several minutes. In your name we pray, amen. This morning, we uh, are seeking, because of what we have been through, to look at our hearts, to do a a heart check of what's going on inside of us internally. We have walked through last week Jesus talking to the Pharisees, and you recall the Pharisees coming to Jesus, uh, frustrated with his disciples, not washing their hands properly before they took the bread and ate it together. And so the Pharisees coming to Jesus, uh, questioning him, saying, how could you be a teacher of the law, but your own disciples don't even wash their hands properly? So they give him a little consternation for how he's going about teaching the law, and Jesus does not quite, uh, doesn't quite skirt the issue, but he calls on, uh, he calls them hypocrites and talks about the Corbin, which is their way out of doing what they were called to do. And so here, Jesus is going to elaborate more and talk about the heart, the key issue, and, and, and compel them to look at their hearts. Now, right when we moved to Montgomery about four years ago, uh, there's a thing coming out of one of our hospitals here called the Advanced Heart Check. And many of the men in our church, women in our church, had done this advanced heart check to go and get their hearts checked. And it was a very simple thing. You go up to the hospital, and about 30 minutes, you're in and out of there, and you've uh, just sat in this machine. They've done some blood work, and you walk out of there with a CD in which you watch your own heart pump blood throughout your own body. It's just really incredible that we have the technology in our world that you sit in this tube and then you walk out and you've got this CD in which you're watching your own blood be poured through your body, through your heart, and they can detect any abnormalities, anything that's not wrong. Now, our family, my grandfather passed away at an early age with a sudden heart attack, and we've always just had some heart issues in our family. And I've got, uh, back in the day, uh, go get your physical for sports teams. Half the doctors could detect a little murmur in my heart. And so I thought, well, what a good deal. I'll just go down and get my heart checked. And so you sit in this little tube, and you see what all is going on, and they walk out, and the doctor calls you and explains everything. Now, if there had been an issue, we've had men in our church who, on their way home from these calls, will say, hey, you need to go to the hospital right now. The doctor saw something in this heart check, that something that shouldn't be there. And, you know, I look at the screen, don't have a clue what I'm looking at, barely even know it's a heart, but just know that there's something on the screen beaten. And the doctor would say, hey, there's this that doesn't need to be here. We need to get rid of this. Or this is not good. This is showing up on your heart check. This is a, an issue. So you look at that, the heart check is an opportunity for you physically to sit in the tube and get your heart checked by doctors who know what they're doing. And don't you wish at times that we had a spiritual heart check like this? You could go to church and we'd have some fancy tube set up that you could go in and there'd be a readout that would read out on the screen to say, hey, you've, you've really got some pride right here in this area. You've really, man, you've got a lot of lust in your heart. You really need to work on that. 
I mean, maybe you don't want that. I don't know. But wouldn't it be interesting if we had this opportunity for us to look and examine our hearts and a readout would pop out to say, these are all the areas in which we're looking at could be an issue for you. Don't you think getting a readout like that, don't you think getting a heart check readout to say, you know, if you don't do something, you will die soon. Don't you think that that would elicit some sort of response in us to say, well, I need to eat differently or drink differently or exercise differently. And don't you think at the examination of our heart, when we recognize things that should not be there, we should make a change. And so this morning, we are called by Jesus to do a heart check. Everything that we're going to look at this morning is to examine our hearts, recognizing that the heart is the wellspring of life. And out of everything that flows from our heart, our words, our actions, our attitudes come forth from the way and what we put into our hearts. So let's read together Mark chapter 7, 14 through 23, in light of all that Jesus has said to the Pharisees to say, you honor me with your lips, but your heart is far from me. Jesus here in Mark chapter 7 is going to elaborate that when he says, He called the people to him again and said to them, hear me, all of you, and understand there is nothing outside a person that by going into him can defile him. But the things that come out of a person are what defile him. And when he had entered the house and left the people, his disciples asked him about the parable. And he said to them, then are you also without understanding? Do you not see that whatever goes into a person from outside cannot defile him since it enters not his heart, but his stomach and is expelled? Thus he declared all foods clean. And he said, what comes out of a person is what defiles him. From, from, with, from within, out of the heart of man, comes evil thoughts, sexual morality, theft, murder, adultery, coveting, wickedness, deceit, sensuality, envy, slander, pride, foolishness. All these evil things come from within, and they defile a person. So the Pharisees coming to Jesus, obviously worried about the ceremonial cleaning of their hands, and Jesus is pointing to their heart. They say, you spend so much time and energy making sure yourself looks good, washing your hands in the proper way, but your heart is far away. And I love what Jesus says. Maybe I don't love it so much if you're a disciple, but in verse 18, he says, then are you without understanding? Jesus talks to them about all these issues of what you can eat, the pork or the fish or whatever. And Jesus declares all things clean. And the disciples come to him in this house and say, Jesus, can you explain this parable to us? Most translations in verse 18 would say that Jesus said, are you so dull? Right? You ever want to rebuke like that from Jesus to look at the apostles and simply say, guys, are you so dull? that you have missed this again and again and again. And I know I've brought this up before, but we need to keep bringing it up because as we get to Calvary and the resurrection, we're going to see that their dullness uh, shows us and exemplifies the reality of the resurrection that even time and time again, the disciples look at all that Jesus has done from healing, from parting and doing all this incredible stuff to see them and say, are you so dull? Are you still missing it, apostles? Have you still missed it? You see me doing all this miraculous stuff in verse 18 to stay again. Are you so dull? I love what one commentator said in referring to this to see the disciples continue to miss it. One commentator compared it to a dog and his master. Now, we had a dog that did a very similar thing. Morty was not the sharpest dog to ever walk on the face of this planet. And we would often call to Morty and say, Morty, hey, bud, there's your toy right there. There's your food. There's There's your treat. And we would point, say, buddy, it's right there. And what's this dog doing? looking at our finger, saying, where's the food? And you're saying, it's, it's right there. Like, go get it. And this dog would constantly be pointed at the finger, looking at the finger. And we're trying to point him to what he's supposed to be looking at, but he is only looking at the finger. 
And so often the commentators would say that this is the disciples. Jesus is trying to point them to something, say, look, here, see it, get it. It's right here. Don't you see it? I'm trying to point you to this truth, this reality. But the disciples and so many others simply couldn't see the reality for looking at what Jesus was trying to point them to, not trying to understand it. And so often I think we get into this mindset where Jesus would say to us, are we so dull to miss over and over and over and over again the goodness of the Lord working so many different times. And so I pray it's not true of any of you and I that Jesus would look at us and say, are you so dull to miss the goodness of the Lord, the things that he is doing over and over again, to look at the finger pointing rather than the thing it's being pointed to. And so let's dive in here together. Number one, actions and attitudes that Jesus is getting at point our hearts to Jesus. Excuse me, actions and attitudes point our heart condition. They point out and point to our heart condition. You recall that the Pharisees rebuked Jesus for not washing his hands, the disciples not washing their hands, and Jesus is going to move this from a ceremonial cleansing to a heart issue. Here, Jesus is going to remind them and show them that they're so concerned about their religious routine, about doing the right things, checking off the right boxes, doing everything so that everybody thinks that they have it all together, all the while missing the very heartbeat of Jesus in it. In essence, the Pharisees tried so hard to wash themselves, but somehow in the midst of it made themselves more dirty. Somehow in the midst of trying to make themselves more ceremonially clean, somehow got farther away from the intention of the scripture. I was reminded this week as I decided it was probably time to clean the cars. It's been a long time. I walked out and remembered in the back of my mind that just a few weeks ago, the kids had cleaned the cars. And so I walked out and expecting to see the cars in a little bit better shape, but I walked out and somehow noticed that even though the kids had cleaned the car, the car was more dirty than when they began. Somehow, I don't know if they thought that soap was the, 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 the soil from the flower bed. I'm not sure how they did it, but even though they were supposed to clean the car, the car had streaks all over it. It was a mess inside and outside, and they're trying and attempting to clean the car. Somehow, backwardsly made the car more dirty. And in essence, this is what Jesus is telling to the Pharisees. Guys, you are working so hard to clean your outside, to make sure your ducks are in a row, that you look good from the outside, but inside your hearts continue to be further and further and further away from the intention of what we've called you to. As you look at this, I pray that even in the midst of our religion following Jesus, that we don't get so inclined to do the religious things and miss the heartbeat of Jesus in them. At times we can come into church and our hearts are far away from the Lord. We can sing the right words, but our hearts are left everywhere but here to say, worshiping with all that is in us. As I read in Psalm 103, praise the Lord, bless the Lord, all my soul. Everything in me blesses his holy name. If we're not careful, it can just be simple lip service to say, Lord, I praise you today. But it is not everything in us. And so actions and attitudes, as Jesus shows, point us to our heart condition, which would lead us to number two, flesh fruit, comparing flesh fruit versus spiritual fruit. As Jesus looks at these things, he gives a list in verse 21 are from what out of a man defiles him. These things are contrary to what we see in the fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. In this list that Jesus gives of actions and attitudes that defile a person, you see very contradictory 
to the theme of what it looks like to be a fruit of the Spirit. What are they? They're evil thoughts, which would encompass everything. Sexual immorality, theft, murder, adultery, coveting, wickedness, deceit, sensuality, envy, slander, pride, and foolishness. And what's so interesting in these, these first six in the Greek are written in the plural sense. I mean, these are actions. These are things that we do, sexual immorality, theft, murder, adultery, things that we are actively doing on a constant basis or things that we are involved with. And the last six are written in the Greek in the singular, meaning they are attitudes that we carry within us, deceit, sensuality, envy, slander, pride, and foolishness. Jesus essentially says, not what goes in you, the food that you eat, but these things that are in your heart that come out of you are what defile you. You take this first one, sexual immorality. The Greek word here is porneia, which we were, you would get our word pornography in our day today. This word that would encompass so much of sexual immorality outside of a loving relationship of a husband and wife, every sexual immorality would be encompassed in this word porneia. You look at this, this is contrary to a heart that is taken by self-control. Contrary to a heart that is taken by the fruit of the Spirit that would be self-control, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. So you see the, the flesh fruit coming out and working its way in sexual morality, theft, murder, adultery, sensual envy, everything else, and a heart that is taken by the love of Jesus that would produce in us the fruit of the Spirit. But let's take this a step further. On the back of your outline, we need to examine our hearts and guard our input to protect our output. I want to spend the most of our time here, right here, that our hearts, understanding that what comes out of us is what defiles us or what makes us unclean or what keeps us away from the heartbeat of the Lord are these things, these sexual morality, these theft, murder, all these different things that happen as the wellspring and overflow of our heart. My favorite passages that have helped steer and lead and guide and protect my heart has been a passage in Proverbs talking about the porneia and the sexual morality is simply this. The writer says, how long will you scoop hot coals into your lap and expect not to get burned? It's emblematic of what we're talking about here this morning. How long will we continue to pour hot coals into our lap and not think that we will be burned? There's a famous YouTube video that came out in about uh, 2013. It's by the uh, slow-mo guys. And what they do is they take these high-speed cameras and they put them into normal everyday life. Do things like uh, shoot an arrow through a water balloon and watch it in slow motion or put a little bit of oil on a pan and watch a kernel of popcorn explode out. And in slow motion, the most mundane and normal of things in slow motion is incredible. And so this whole YouTube channel, this whole livelihood of guys got together and did high-speed stuff to watch. And one of their most famous videos that started a viral craze was taking a watermelon and, over time, putting rubber bands over the top of a watermelon until eventually what would happen? It exploded. And so in slow motion, they put this watermelon on a tray, and one after the other, they put a rubber band and then a rubber band. And you can feel the tension even watching the video saying, is it going to be that rubber band? Is it, is it that one? And then all of a sudden, seemingly out of nowhere, this rubber band just, uh, this uh, watermelon just explodes, and it is the most beautiful thing in slow motion to see this watermelon just explode onto the scene, and these guys just taken aback by what happened. As you look at that, so often this is exactly what Jesus is saying as we guard our input. 
It protects our output. In this case, these guys knew that this rubber band eventually was going to break the watermelon and it was going to explode. But I know many a brother or sister who have been caught up in this lie to say, I'm just going to keep putting this rubber band over this watermelon and I'm going to be all right. I did the last one. Everything turned out okay. And over time, we just put rubber band over rubber band over rubber band over the soul of our heart, and we expect no explosion. We expect nothing to come forth from our hearts. And so day in and day out, we consume all this stuff, and we just rubber band the watermelon of our soul, and we continue going, continue going, and eventually, it spills over. And maybe some of you are sitting here today, and you say, well, you know, I just, I feel so far away from the Lord. I, I don't understand why I'm so far away from the Lord. I don't know how I'm not hearing his voice. I'm not hearing from him. And I wonder, and I'm curious, if over, if over time we have just rubber banded our soul until we haven't yet exploded, but we are just tight with pressure. I'm just going to ask you, what, what is your soul nourished by? As we recognize that the heart is the wellspring of our life, as we recognize the, the deepness of our heart, that which we, we pour into our heart, such things that maybe need to be there or don't be, need to be there by social media, by television, by internet, by music and videos, and things that we see and ingest on a daily basis, are we guarding our input to protect what comes out of us and what exists in our hearts, in our heads? Friends, we live in a world in which we are consumed and consumed and deluged by information and by media and data. So what are you nourished by? What is your heart nourished by? Let me give you three helpful tips as you look at this, as you explore your day-to-day life. If you're seeing that, yes, sexual immorality is pouring out of me, or pride, or envy, or slander, or anything that is contrary to the will of God is just pouring out of me, or having these thoughts. Maybe you're bearing your soul before the Lord in an advanced heart check, and you're seeing these things, and just say, Lord, this doesn't need to be there, but what do I do? I would ask you to first start with what you are ingesting and pouring into your heart. So ask three questions about the social media, about the television, about the internet, about the music, about the videos, and about the things that you are ingesting. One, is it wise to watch, hear, and see? Is it wise? Many years ago, I was at a youth camp of this church, and one of the greatest things that I heard from one of those speakers is to say, sometimes you ask the question, not is it good or bad, is it sin or is it not sin, but is it wise? Is this a wise thing for my eyes to behold? Is this a a wise thing for me to hear and touch and be a part of? Is this wise for me to engage in? A wise teacher once said, you are, you become what you behold. And so I'd ask you, as you take things into your heart, is this a wise for me to see? Secondly, is this helping me in my spiritual walk towards Jesus? Are the things that I'm ingesting with my eyes and my heart, are these things taking me towards Jesus? Are they helping me in my spiritual walk towards Jesus? And thirdly, is this producing good fruit or evil fruit in my heart? Is this producing good or evil fruit in your heart? Friends, as you see Jesus come to the Pharisees and say, with your lips you are honoring me, but your heart is far from me. It's at this point that we have this decision to make. Are our hearts taken by Jesus? Are we trusting in him? Or are we just simply giving lip service to the reality that we are honoring him? last question that I want us to reflect on is simply this. What are you 
spiritually nourished by. As I've said just a moment ago, we can easily nourish our hearts by so many things that leave us so malnourished. Just a few weeks ago, I was just really dragging and having a hard time, not sleeping well, feeling just miserable, and um, just feeling like I may be sick. And so uh, in this day and time that we're in, when you don't feel good, you obviously start taking uh, stock of what's going on. And so I begin to ask Brittany, hey, I just, I'm not, you know, I'm just not hitting on all cylinders. I feel tired. I'm not sleeping good. And um, I'm just, I feel like I'm just dragging everywhere. And she said, well, you know, when was the last time you drank some water? And I began to look back and think, y'all know my proclivity towards a nice cold Dr. Pepper. And so I'm just drinking a lot of Dr. Peppers, a lot of sweet tea, a lot of things that I really enjoy drinking. And, and so I just drank and drank and drank. And when I would, would I get a little bit tired or fatigued, I may drink another one. Feeling like, okay, I'll just get a little caffeine boost and I'll feel all right. And all the while, as Brittany was just saying, hey, you need to drink some water. As I begin to just drink water and just hold a big old thing, a jug of water by the bed and wake up in the morning and drink, it was just incredible how quickly my body, my physique, my uh, fatigue just seemed to flutter away as I was supremely dehydrated. And friends, I'm afraid that we as a people at times may be nourished by all the things that just keep us in malnourishment. Our souls are malnourished and need Jesus, need the scripture, need us to lead and guide. And so as you walk out of here today, you could be nourished by so many different things. My prayer is for you to ask the simple question, what are you spiritually nourished by? This is why we're memorizing scripture, not just to say it on a morning and leave it, but that we would be nourished by God's word. And so ask that question as you leave, as you do your heart check, what are you nourished by? Some of us need to drink deeply of God's living water. Let's pray together. Lord, help us. As always, our prayer is that you would help, that you would lead, that you would guide, that you would direct our steps. So thank you this morning that you lovingly, as a shepherd leads and guides, leads and guides, lead and guide us. Lord, if we are nourished by social media, if we're nourished by the nightly news, if we're nourished by Facebook and the internet, Lord, would you nourish us afresh and anew by your word? Or we ask that question, is it wise for us? As believers, as we walk into the world, as we see that these things exude from us, pride and envy and all these things, Lord, that are contrary to your will and plan for us, as we feel those things, if we see these things, Lord, would you help us take the scalpel of your Holy Spirit into our hearts? Lord, we love you, and we thank you for Jesus. In his name we pray, amen.